The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. What is up, guys? This is another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm Alexander Rossi. And I am the other guy. And I'm really excited about the episode that we have for you this week. We're here in Iowa Speedway um, in Chateau de Other Bus. <laughs> de Autre Bus. De, whatever that is. That's other in French. Okay. And um, this guy that we have is is a current racing driver and honestly i know this is weird to say about a competitor but like one of my favorite fellow drivers um just because of his pure craziness and talent uh, level his his talent level is undisputed his commitment over a single lap oh. is arguably unrivaled in the series and here's what's interesting uh for two guys that you know race cars for a living talking about you and me obviously um we've had a lot of guests on this show so far yeah, this is the first racing driver that we've had on. This is the first racing driver. So yeah. it's uh, it's a huge honor for him, and he's welcome. Truly. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool for us, too. And in case you're wondering. It's cool because he's the defending and current reigning Indianapolis 500 champion. Yes. That means that there's going to be two in the room. <clears throat> well, me. but you're the only one to have not made the race twice. <laughs> I mean, I made it once. I just didn't show up on race day because I had a hole in my body. <laughs> Another one. An extra one. I had an extra one. Anyways, guys, this is going to be a really fun interview with Will Power. But before we get to that. Hinch and Rossi here to tell you about Casper mattresses. These things are great. They're designed to mimic the human curves, cradling you in all the right places, making it comfortable for any body type. You spend a third of your time asleep, so you better make it comfortable. There's the original Casper mattress, but you can also choose from the Wave and the Essential. Unlike Hinge, all Casper mattresses are designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. The best part? You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash offtrack and use promo code OFFTRACK at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot because, well, we think it's the best. Hello and welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinge and Rossi. I am James Hinchcliffe. I'm the American. That's not something that you should... Why? You didn't let me finish. Say, without adding on the end, how proud you are to be one of those. Oh, you want me to sing, don't you? I want you to sing and the I'm song. I'm proud to be an American. What does Jeff Daniels or have to think about that? See? That's pretty good. From our guest today... Uh, 
who I'm just going to say his name and then we'll go through the accolades. We're joined by Will Power today. Will, thank you for joining us. That's his actual name. That's Thanks it. for having me on. That's yeah. his nickname. We're going to talk about that top of that at some point too. Um, he is a Verizon IndyCar Series champion. He's an Indy 500 winner. Reigning current current Indy 500 current winner, yeah. Indy 500 winner. Uh, which just just so we're all clear, that makes me the only guy at the table to have not won the Indy 500. Thim is remotely listening today. He's not joining us uh, at other Chateau to other bus. Sure. Um, so that makes me feel great, guys. Thanks for that. I just have a feeling you're going to win it. Well, I mean, my theory is, you know, you only won it because I wasn't in it this year. That's right. That's a fair point. <laughs> no, seriously, you probably come back. Like, Well, look at next, what he did like after the next year. That's what I thought. Like, when that happened, I was like, good chance this guy's going to. Actually, I might put money on him next year. You guys yeah. are so sweet. But, I mean, Will, you've also won 100% of the Indy 500s that I haven't been in. So that's pretty good. If you want to just like give me a million up front, maybe I like hurt my knee next year around May fourth. Yeah, it's pretty good odds considering 100 percent of the time, like I win when you're not there. Um, hold on. You, no, we're... that's not true. That's not true. No, no you got... That's well, not. You true. weren't there. Oh, yes, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. So he's won half. So I'm no. 50-50, still in Can we talk about the fact that he's won like 100 percent of the speedway races since like? the end of 2016 yeah you want to stop doing that real quick no oh. because you understand my early career oval racing like i'm i'm taking it man well yeah so that this is actually this is something we wanted to talk about and i think this is related correct me if i'm wrong but when you won the race you got on the radio afterwards and do you remember what you said over the radio well people have told me but yeah i know <laughs> what it is and what was it well can you swear on the show yeah yes. we'll bleep it out yeah, I just said, uh, I think it was show me respect. That's what we have in quotes. Yeah, I have that written here. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and so, Which like, is amazing. Did, with, I mean, you've won oval races. You won Texas yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple times. Yes. You He's won, never not, I don't think, did you, qualified. Did you, you want a Pocono? You want a Pocono? Yeah, it actually wasn't to do with oval racing what was when it I said do? that. Why would you say that? Uh, there's a guy in the crowd, and he'd been giving me the finger every lap. So I was like... <laughs> and you picked him out. Can we talk I about how you out. saw that every lap? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> it was just the questions about the 500, right? It was my 11th 500, and I'm thinking... I'm, I, I was starting to think, like... I'm not going to say the end, but let's say I race for another five years. Yeah. You know, starting to narrow it down. and right. you Probably get, done that's, more that's, than you're going to do. That's all the... Yeah, you continually get asked about the 500, so... That's <laughs> anyone who asked me that. Like, it wasn't directed at someone. Sure. So that, when people would ask you that, that was kind of the, the burning thing inside. But you would, yeah. had the very political answer of, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're doing our best. Yeah, like, exactly. Got it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So. so you've won the 500. You've won the championship. You've won how many races are you up to now? 40 something? No, 34. 34? Oh, but, but must 50 be tough. something poles. It is yeah. tough, yeah. You have, like, the most number of poles I think of anybody, right? It's, it's no... Not of all time. Of current guys. Of current guys, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, You're tied with the uh, current um, number of, of street course or road course victories at 19 with Scott Dixon. Current drivers. Oh, oh, current drivers, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. So what's next? What's, what's the next goal? What haven't you done that you wanted to do? He also recently uh, became a father. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm talking right. about racing it's related. We'll get to the we'll get okay. to the personal stuff. I mean, later. that's a big accomplishment. It is a big accomplishment. I mean, he didn't have a Liz child. did all the work. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> <laughs> she she had to work out for that one. Um, yeah. Uh, what's next? This year's championship. We've got a tough couple 
tough contenders, but no, thank yeah. you. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's obviously winning more championships. Obviously, another five hundred. I mean that's that's all you can kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel as motivated as ever to win races at yeah. the moment. Like, um, yeah, I feel like focusing on winning a championship is almost the wrong focus. I think you just got to focus on weekend by weekend. If you win races, it kind of takes yes, care of itself. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So obviously the, the goal is to win races, win championships, 500, et cetera. Is there anything that you haven't done though? Is there anything you haven't accomplished in a car? Not something that you want to do again. Oh yeah, you know I mean? like yeah, is it? I know you mean yeah, like um, like Le Mans. Yeah, do you want yeah. to drive something else? Do yeah. you want to? I would like to do the Bathurst one thousand. Oh, I have yeah. raced that before, but I'd actually like to yeah go over there now. Roger has a team that's really competitive and yeah. have a shot at winning that race. Yeah. Scotty Mack just cleaning up. So for our viewers yeah. who don't know what the Bathurst one thousand is, it's probably like the biggest Australian V eight supercar race. You're from yeah. Australia. Yes. What took your path? from australia which is pretty far away from iowa where and we're sitting right now else and Earth, yeah. everything else Except to where you are now i mean we know you're racing europe for a little bit but where was that progression what did you want to do when you were first starting out in go-karts like what take us back yeah. to the beginning yeah i mean it was always open wheel racing for me uh, my dad raced uh, formula two and um you know from when i was early as i can remember i've wanted to race open wheel cars i wanted to race formula one um you know, I, I started in go-karts, Formula Ford and all that, and went over to Europe and raced Formula 3 and World Series by Renault, and then kind of had to make the choice to come to America or try find another chunk of money to do GP2 and, you know, just get paid or find money. So I went for the get paid option. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's... I did actually, in that time in Australia, I did do a bit of V8 supercar racing, um, you know, that's obviously the option that you have if you don't make it overseas or, you know, it, not if you don't make it. I mean, if you want to be a V8 supercar driver, it's a great career. Um, but I was just, I loved open wheel racing, always have. And um, it's really, if I think about it, I'm living my dream as a kid. For sure. When What age were you when you left Australia for Europe? Um, I think I was... Mm, 20 or 21 yeah and i went to went to europe was that yeah. was that hard was that a yeah. hard transition to leave everything behind and try and go chase the dream in europe yeah, not really i was so determined like i just you know the thing that was hard was finding the money to do it and try stay over there and yeah you know, every christmas you get to christmas time you're like you know well, the off season and you're thinking you know, this next? is it Am I gonna yeah to do exactly this i mean you this yeah you guys have story, yeah. been through the same thing how tough it is in those junior categories to to keep coming up with the money every year and, and get results good enough to progress i don't think i enjoyed a christmas for like seven years yeah right because <laughs> you're just so stressed uh, the whole time like uh, i don't have a job yeah. and it would always come like in the beginning yeah. of february or end of january and it yeah. was just like always something that was impossible to prepare for so i get it i get it when you get the opportunity to, to have something that's secure and you're getting paid and, oh, it's amazing um, feeling it's pretty cool yeah. okay so here's a question i guess for both of you guys because you were kind of you were kind of on the same path you both left home you went to europe formula one was was the goal at the time things have brought you here you're both finding an immense amount of success over here but do you ever like lay in bed at night and think what if like are there are there i don't want to say regrets because i think you would sound like a huge asshole yeah. if you sat here with the level of success right. that you've had and yeah. say i regret coming yeah. over here but do you ever think kind of what if i i actually yeah i do uh i do because especially early on there i think i had the chance to go over at the end if i was ever going to do it at the end of 2010 i was speaking to 
uh, who was there's actually Townsend Bell's kind of helped me a little bit but um, yeah I mean you can't help but think that you know you look at look at guys that you raced against that are in Formula One or were in Formula One and you're like that um, Vettel kid's not that good yeah but they're open wheel cars and you know that's what you do so for me yeah I, you always wonder how would that have worked out or yeah. how would I have gone um, yeah you just, yeah naturally how about you for sure but at the same time i think when you're involved in that european kind of mindset and culture of getting to formula one you don't realize that anything else exists outside of it and so once your eyes are open to that fact there's not a whole lot of looking back so pretty cool so will racing aside your brother he's a pretty uh good comedian yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, yeah he's I, pretty good. He's, yeah, I want to go see one of his shows. Actually, I've Have never you had, seen him? I've never had a chance to You've go never see him live. Seen your brother live. I've watched him on YouTube. How many races has he come to of yours? Ooh. One. Oh. <laughs> Two. Uh, yeah, but it was the Indy 500. He came to the 500. I can't believe he actually came. Like, my family never comes to any races ever. Okay. And they, just because my brother just is like, i got to do a, a gig in New York. Um, yeah, I'm going to come to the 500. Oh, so he only came because he was already in the States. Uh, he, he, no, he wasn't there, but he had to, yes, he was going to right. do something. He had to he be had in the States yeah, or something yeah, else. Like, yeah, ah, so if I'm all the way over here, I might as well and that, was, that was this year? That was this year, yeah. Right. He came for the win. Was, Got it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. was it. a good one. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, to to. it's just amazing that that happened. I asked my dad, I said, you should come over with my brother. He's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> call, call your other brother. He might come. <laughs> so, yeah. To get my parents or any of my family to come to a race is pretty hard, <laughs> if you can believe that. It's a long way. I get it. It's a long way. It's yeah. A long way. Yeah. They got great TV coverage, so it's fun. Yeah. So you, but you've got a pretty wicked sense of humor too. Was was growing up in that household pretty entertaining? Like, was it yeah. was comedy kind of how you guys just got through days? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Three brothers. It was just constantly like that my dad had that sense of humor so does that same uh thing in, exist at team penske with simon and joseph what that's sort of joking around yeah. oh a little bit yeah new garden he gets it and so I, I, yeah yeah both those guys i um, joke around with yeah gets pretty serious in there as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would it's, imagine there are some yeah. tense debriefs yeah 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 it's all it's usually pretty good in there we just race each other very hard on the track <laughs> but, which is good i mean roger likes us to push each other hard for sure but i mean uh, the competition off track's pretty hot with the penske games uh yeah yeah, I actually like the old format where you actually compete for yourself. Now you kind of get put in teams. I agree. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really like a... No, good, honestly, like yeah. I watched the Penske games when it came out at the beginning of last year, and I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was great. And can I please take a side note and explain the amount of people that I've showed your video of you counting backwards? Or, oh, or yeah. doing the alphabet, Do the alphabet backwards, backwards. backwards from Z to A. Yeah. Welcome to another round of the Penske games. You know what's difficult? Saying the alphabet backwards. O, N, M, L. I don't know. You I got to, I, you got I, to I L. Yeah. You got to L. Z, Y, X, W, V, U, T, S, R, Q, P, O, N, M, L, K, J, I, H, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. Wait, did we just hear that right? Are you kidding me? Did he roll through it? In a shocking development, Australian alphabet wizard Will Power dominates 
like really dominates this round. It's yeah. the most obscene thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, no, that, I, I set that up. Sorry. Is it because he's really good at it? Oh, or you really were reading it? it? Yeah, I read it, but you know what? I read it. I said, You just crushed I'm his world. Yeah, so no, disappointed. Because no, I, I thought oh, that no. was like, I figured that was like your facial expression when you're on a qualifying pole lap. Just like <laughs> yeah. eyes going in different directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I read it. I said, it's going to freak the other guys out. Let's put a thing up and read it. But then I, I thought, hmm, when that comes out, people are going to ask me to do it. So I was just I learned to- it in a morning at Long Beach. I, have, I don't know it anymore, but I actually learned it. So I like did groupings and got it together. So if someone asked me, I'd be able to rattle it off. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, well, I um, I'm less of a fan of yours now, but that's okay. <laughs> oh damn! I should have. Just... You should. You should have kept. But the you were going to say do it right. No, here. I wasn't. Oh, I oh, just, really? No, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, you were saying for sure. <laughs> you can't. You guys are like, going to do like it. I'll be like, no, no, I can't do it. <laughs> Terrible. Can we get his brother on the podcast next? Yeah, yeah. he'd do it. Yeah. So wait. So wait. You got. You got your brother Damien, who's you know stand up comedian. He's been in commercials, all the rest of it. You know, you got obviously your success in motor racing. What does your other brother do? Next oldest is um, he was a break dancer, so now he's a he choreographs that sort of dance shows and okay. sells it around the world. And my oldest brother's he's got two kids, and he's just stay at home dad, I guess. He's Fair. he's different, but he's three out of four ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's he's a great, smart guy. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. Comedy runs in the family. Rhythm obviously runs in the family because you said your one brother is a break dancer. Yeah, you're yeah. a drummer. Yeah. How did how'd you get into that? Uh, I loved it when I was a kid. I remember I was playing. In, I actually played the trumpet in a concert band. That's less cool. It, that's <laughs> way less cool. But I could get Not on the drums and play all right. Um, so when I actually got some money, when I first started working. I bought a drum kit, did a little bit, and then when I was kind of unemployed in racing or just in 2009 um, my data engineer from KV the year before was a really good drummer and a drum teacher he'd go to his house when I wasn't racing and uh, yeah he sort of taught me and I started playing more do you have a more. drum kit at home now? I do alright yeah How have that and have an electric that? one she's bought it for my birthday so she can't oh, complain like she bought the acoustic drum kit for my birthday I have an electric one too which is much quieter but much more compact yeah but yeah. the my boy sleeps top level and the drums down the basement so still it's all right what's fatherhood like it's fantastic yeah like people tell you before it were you like it's terrified? gonna change your life and all that no i wasn't but when it happened when it happened in front of me i couldn't stop crying i, I just couldn't stop crying it's just i just don't usually do that but and i spoke to elio same deal yeah couldn't stop crying. My wife said, "What's wrong with Will?" And Elliot said, "His wife said the same thing. Like, what's wrong with it?" But yeah, I mean that that experience is something you'll never forget. And then, you know, once once he starts seeing his personality, just every stage of it is it's fantastic. It is. And I wasn't one of those like everyone says it. It's going to change your life, but it actually does. It's just the love you can't explain. How, how old is Bo now? He's uh, 18 months. And so you said his personality is starting to come out? Yes. Is he more like Liz? Is he more like you? Or he's, is he something completely different? He's more like Liz as far as socially, you know, very social, talkative type. Uh, he doesn't talk, but he babbles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, so that's kind of like you. He's, you just yeah, babble. Yeah, just babble. <laughs> no, I think he's going to be like Liz. He smiles a lot, smiles at people. Um, yeah, he seems that way right now. So are you going to get him like a baseball bat or a helmet? 
like a go-kart a baseball helmet. bat. Yeah. <laughs> make way more and it costs way less <laughs> to get there. <laughs> but like say he gets like six or seven. I mean, you can't really say no. If he's like, I yeah. want to go go kart. Like I, I see the if, Hunter Rays, you know, I've yeah. seen Ryan yeah. get in a go kart. And his smile, Ryan's and, smile is going from like big yeah. to like mm-hmm. less big. Yeah. Yeah. Each time. He so. knows no, what's happening. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I, if he wants to do it, of course. Right. But, we'll but it's be not doing, something that you're going to be like. I'm not going to push him into it. Right. My dad never pushed me into it. Like he was really like I had to want to do it. For sure. And that's the only way. Like you see kids that get pushed into any of those sports and yeah. never seems to work out. My dad was the same way. My dad, like you would rarely even see him with a stopwatch. You know, like yeah. he wasn't one of those dads that was up against the fence timing everybody and fighting the other kids. So my dad still have. has a stopwatch. <laughs> yeah. Even though there's like you know, there's apps like and live timing. timing. Yeah. He's got his micron four with the like the four different the, the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome because that Roger's on my stand now. Roger still has a stopwatch. That's how he gives me the gaps. That it's right there on, the it's there on the screen. It's literally there on the screen. Yeah, but he's just well, he wants something to do. Old habits yeah, die hard. Right? I was I'll have it three point four. Did, did your dad still race at all? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Races Formula Ford. He's got like a sports sedan. He races. So yeah, he's racing more than ever. Awesome. Yeah, and he's not like he. That's he never comes to races. You would think he, if he was a race fan, he's but too busy. He's racing. No, for himself. Yeah, exactly. He's just like one of these guys. He's a driver, so he doesn't want to hang out at a track. Yeah, kind that's of true. understand. So getting quickly back to what you just said, it's the question I've always wanted to ask one of you Penske drivers. So having Roger on the stand, like that's. I mean, A, it obviously comes with pressure. I mean, no yeah. doubt. But B, it's almost like that's a pretty high form of flattery, right? Because he's going to want to be on his lead car. Uh, yeah, presumably. I, I wouldn't say. Yeah, there's no lead car at Penske. I mean, he just wants to be on a car. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool to say you've had Roger Penske on your radio. No doubt. It's very good. He's very easygoing. He's done it for a long time. So it was actually a really easy good transition my engineer was like wow the stand's very calm you know it's it's great so having roger is because was he on was he on elio last year he was on elio yeah for the last few years yeah hinch and rossi here to tell you about an incredible product casper mattresses with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across casper amazon and google Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. These things really are great. I mean, they're designed to mimic human curves, cradling you in all the right places and making it comfortable for any body type. You spend a third of your time asleep. Let's make it comfortable. Well, some of us spend a little more than a third. Yeah, looking at you, Thim. There's the original Casper mattress, but you can also choose from the Wave and the Essential, and because they cut out the middleman, the prices are affordable. Casper also offers other products like pillows and sheets to give you a better sleep experience. And unlike Hinge, all Casper mattresses are designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S., which is why they offer free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. The best part? You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash off-track and use the promo code OFFTRACK at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Will, so we're going to go into the next segment of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, and it's called the lightning round, um, but in reality, it's just a continuation of the interview. Okay. We call it the lightning round, which makes it sound like you have to answer quickly, or like, yeah. it. it really isn't. We like really that. should change the name we at should some look, point. We should look into that. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So anyways, first question, what is your guilty pleasure movie? 
well, get back to the future. That's totally fine. You, you don't one, have to be ashamed of that. Yeah, I know. I've watched it a lot of times. That's the pitch, one. Pitch Perfect too. I can see. It's kind of... Nah. I didn't like Pitch Perfect, man. You watched it? I watched it, yeah, with my oh. wife. The first one, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite fast food? I know you're a, you're a picky yeah, eater, no. so... I tell you, it's got to be... Uh, it's got to be... Pizza. Is that a fast food? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Junk I'll take food. that. Pizza. Yeah. What do you put on your pizza? Pepperoni. Just cheese and pepperoni? Cheese and pepperoni. Oh, man. That's awesome. what it's all about. It's just dead on, man. You don't get, all about. You don't get If you get jalapenos as well, it's really good. Yeah, let's, let's just back the truck all up. Right. Let's, you were doing yeah, well. Dude, let's not get carried on. away. It kind of suits, though. No, like pizza with chicken and rice on top? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay. Fair. I hate that. Uh, favorite off-season vacation spot? Or well, in-season, I guess. Yeah, favorite vacation uh, spot? Eh, Hawaii, Maui. I think had some good times there favorite former indy car driver like who'd you look up to when you're a kid did you follow indy car as a kid in australia or uh eh, a little Not bit a it was more of formula one okay but, so uh, as you've learned more as your indy car education has you know uh yeah. progressed well alex Zanardi, i read his book so i did follow sure. i did that was when i was racing in europe i read his book really loved it so he was a guy that uh I looked up to michael andretti like just won so many races it was yeah, when you watch him, you know, towards the end of his career and the races, you know, when you see him, how hard he would battle people. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot of respect. Favorite current IndyCar driver? Other than yourself or the two of us? Oh, okay. Or uh, Robert Wickens because he's also that's in the room. That's true. Technically, Robert's in the uh, studio audience. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it tough, then. <laughs> <laughs> Just took out my top three. What? Zach Beach. Yes. Great. Same, actually. Meach. Yeah. Yeah, I big Meech. Big Meech. I think he's going to be good. Worst subject in school? Say English. He's very good at math. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, better at math. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is something we like. We like getting to people. What is? What is the? What is the purchase you regret the most? What's something you bought and you're just like, ah, shouldn't have. Just sits there. What? Yeah. Just so, what? Just bugs you. It could be. A, it could be a twenty dollar thing, but you're just so yeah, mad I'm that not. you bought in hindsight, or it could be a very expensive thing. They just really wish you hadn't spent the money on it. I actually bought a GoPro that just annoys me. It sat there and it's gone out. It was so long ago that they've had so many different versions of it. That annoys me. It's just sat there. It's never been taken out of the bag. You spent a couple hundred bucks on this thing. I was like, I've got to get a GoPro. High hopes for it. And, and then you nothing, just never used never it. Never used it. Well, it's funny because like, I get that because I did the same thing. Mm. I have my GoPro have a, Hero 2. I have a box yeah. of GoPros. Yeah. That I just okay. Sit there. Well, that's nice for you. You also probably use them on your helicopters, but we won't get into that. <laughs> so anyways, phone camera technology like kind of advanced at the mm, same exact time that GoPros came yeah. out. So it became kind of... It's a bit moot. If you're like a BMXer or like a pro skier or paraglider, it's right. not. Which, to be but fair, like, that's what all the cool GoPro videos are anyway. 100%. I don't really care yeah, about not, you walking through Yosemite by yourself. Uh, final question, and this is just between the three of us and Tim. Yeah. Uh, fastest you've ever driven? On the road? On the road, yeah. It was actually, uh, it was in Europe. I just tested the F1 car at uh, Mazzano. So feeling a little racy. And I was with the with the guy's sponsor who had uh, a Carrera GT. Nice. Oh, good car. And we were doing like, so it was in kilometers, so it was well, well over 200. It was like 250-ish, 250 there. And the guy told me, it's okay if once you get over a certain speed, but please won't pull you over that's what he told they just me. can't, can't catch do anything they, like it. they won't they yeah. won't pull you over that's what he told me and he was 
who was the sponsor I needed right. to keep. Like, <laughs> okay, because he drove for a while. I've actually got a video of it. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got the gloves on. <laughs> he's had black gloves on. I don't know why, like leather. His black... driving gloves. No, I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. just a strange thing. I just saw the video once. And I said I was kind of videoed him. It's one of the old cameras. It wasn't like yeah, a... yeah, yeah. Wait, it's back in like what year was that? Two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. That was like he. Was, we were going scary oh, fast. God, we were going fast. I was like, I'm going to jail if we get pulled up. Like seriously. Have you, do you get pulled over a lot? Are you a, uh, are you a no, speed not, driver? Not really. No. It's only when my wife tells me I'm going too slow. That that's that happened. She's like, you're going too slow. Cause she's always at me. So I just drive really cautiously on the road. And I said, all right, I'll speed up. Pulled up straight away. <laughs> she's like, oh, sorry about that. Like, yeah. So we, we normally end the show with uh, a little segment called Battle Royale. Round one. Battle Royale is a situation where we pick a group of characters, could be fictional, could be real, and if they were all to engage in an all-out brawl, battle to the death, Mm -hmm. who do you think would win? Okay. And why? You have to defend your your answer and and try and maybe knock our answers down. Uh, Um, Or knock James's answer. Yeah, because Alex does a good job of knocking himself out of the competition right away with just a horrible Let me say, I'm on a... I'm on a one-game win streak right now. Which is his longest one. I don't know. <laughs> you can call that a streak. It's but for you, bud. Well, I'm going to let you have it. Thank you. I'm let you have it. Appreciate it. So uh, this week's Battle Royale category is rom-com actors. Rom-com. Romantic yeah, comedy. Romantic comedy oh, actors. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think, you know, your Hugh Grants, your Matthew McConaughey's, okay. you know, Colin Firth. I'll give you that one. Who's mm. Colin uh, Firth? No idea. Rom-com. A- I'm trying to think of more rom-com actors. All right. So should I open it up, or should yeah, we let the guests? Well, no, let's give him a second to, okay. to noodle it. Like, is it a group of people no, fighting, it's or it's like, just two? It's no, like it's two grand three Yeah, be the three of us. Yeah, but who's fighting? Well, the, 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 our three choices. Okay. So whoever the three of us choose, they're all fighting oh. to the death. Oh, okay. Alex, who do you think? Adam Sandler. Rom-com actor? Just go with it with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. yeah. Would you consider... Yeah. Adam Sandler. And oh, the reason man. why... That's very calm, but okay. okay. Why is it... What's calm? Him? Very, very, it's very comedy of the rom-com. Mm. I wouldn't, you know, put him as... Because, like, he also has some, like, super, like, vulgar comedy that's not rom-com. Oh, because Matthew McConaughey doesn't? Dallas Buyers Club was a romantic comedy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Magic, okay, magic, Mike. You you bring up a good point. Okay, okay thank I, you. I I, that's I concede. Two yeah. good points I brought up. Yeah, that is surprising. For this me. is another that's, street. That's for about you. where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, no, so why Adam Sandler? That doughy, slow, you know, unfit, short because short I guy. think he has the the shortest temper. Mm, that's that for exists, sure, and that when he snaps, he just goes absolutely mental. Yeah, actually, you get that from those. So, like, Tasmanian Devil in a ring against whoever's there, he's just going to go crazy until he gets what he wants or he's happy again. Anger management. He has no anger management capability. Yeah, like in anger management. In the movie, anger management. Apparently, that was written because he suffers with that. Really? Thank you for helping my argument. Yeah, you're not supposed to be helping him. Oh, yeah, sorry. No. So, Adam Sandler. Okay. FTW. All right. For the it's win. actually one of your better picks. Thank and I, you. It's like how you came to it and surprising, right? That, yeah. No, I hate that I had to like accept that that actually 
counts, and it's, it's actually only taken me good. like what eighteen episodes. Yeah, you're getting there though. Yeah. You are getting better. It makes me nervous. All right, well, do you have a do you have a selection in mind? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Okay, okay. He has been in a romantic comedy, so I will. Couple, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna allow Sandler, we can allow Vince. And why do you think Vince Vaughn? Yes, he's, he's large. He's big. You think that? But he's a teddy bear, and he's got a jerk look on his face. No, but have you all, at all times? That is true. So he's going to kick people's asses if they get in the way. No, I think he's just going to like grab a tub of ice cream and like go hide in the corner. But no, all. let's talk about like all of the. I know this isn't the, him as a person, but we don't actually know him as a person, so we can't say this. So the roles that he's played, he's been pretty like nice. And he's, he's been the, like the friendly guy. He's like he's like kind of emotional. Like, and like he was he's like kind of sensitive in Wedding Crashers. Like yeah. he was yeah, the guy that true. kind of like oh, yeah, I didn't realize he needed to just sit there, like, yeah. enjoy his flavor, yep. he needed to di- you know digest the situation. Yeah, so just, Adam Sandler the came up to Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn would just like he could. No, I think I think Adam Sandler would go all Tasmanian Devil on him. I think Alex is right on that. One. Yeah, and 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 Bourne would just be holding his arm out while Sandler's like swinging his arm. I don't. Arms, I, don't I don't think he's that him. much bigger. He's big, dude. He's don't, big. That's pretty big. No, I know, he's but seven like, foot Adam Sandler's three. not very big. Seven foot. He's three, not so. seven foot three. No, he's just seven. seven foot he's three. seven foot three. Wow. <laughs> Will's like, he's like looking than, around the room he's like bigger somebody. Bigger than LeBron, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, we should Google him. So funny you say that. Um, LeBron James was actually in uh, Trainwreck. <laughs> no, which I, I do not allow. No. This. Oh. I do not allow LeBron James as a rom-com actor. This We're does not, not count. No. So you're gonna get me? You're gonna stick me with Bill Hader? Come on. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. If you're not gonna give me him, um, that was a you could have gone. Though. You could have gone. I mean, you, you teed it up perfectly. I, I wasn't sure how many rom-coms one had to be in to qualify. Apparently, Thim has rules on this. Um, my one rule is that I'm not allowing LeBron James. That's a good rule. I feel like so, Tom, Tom Brady was so in. So John Cena was in the same movie. Oh, yeah. yeah John Cena's been in a lot of movies. John Cena's uh, been in a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah he, I, I'll, I'll let that go because he's more uh, of an actor now. Right. So, I mean, well, I'm not saying I like him. I'm not saying, you know, but I just think if it's a fight, I mean, John Cena technically, like, came from a world where he, I feel he's a like, prof- you get professional John wrestler. Cena, then I'll get... Uh, God, what's the guy's name? He's, he used to help us out in IndyCar. Eyes on Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. He yeah, was Mark in, Wahlberg. He was in, rom-com. He was in that movie. Will Ferrell. Uh, John Cena had a scene at the very end, and not the other guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, Daddy's Home. What is it? Yeah, is it Daddy's Home? I, I can't right. Either the way, Tim, are Daddy's we are too? we are we accepting Mark Wahlberg as a rom-com guy? Yeah, yeah. Daddy's Home. Can. Can we name a single rom-com that he's been in? Daddy's Home is not a rom-com. That's a comedy. Okay, the other guys. Also a comedy. Oh, it had to do with the relationship. <laughs> it has to do... It both did. of those. Both Daddy's Dad Home and the others, guys. The relationship is him and Will Ferrell. That's not a romantic relationship. That's your opinion. I mean, That's can, your I, can, opinion. I, can I tell Will you something? Will trying to keep In Daddy's wife. Home, uh, he married John Cena's wife. That's romantic. Yeah, but he's already married to her at the beginning oh, of it, isn't he? Ted. Like Ted is a comedy. Ted is Ted. Is, Ted is a comedy. Mark Wahlberg was in it, but Ted is a comedy. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you Mark Wahlberg. I'm sticking with John Cena. I feel like John Cena is a good bet, but I do. I really respect your your uh, your considering considering I went with like an actual actor and not a yeah, I'm going wrestler. With Mark Wahlberg because Ted is romantic. That's not a romantic. That's not comedy. romantic at Again, all. Again, the relationship is between him and the bear. Or a bear and a cucumber. He was 
No, what, but what happened? Be, just because there's a woman in the movie, it doesn't make it a romantic comedy. Was Myla Kunis on the cover? No, the bear was. Like, if it's a romantic comedy, the couple's on the cover. Okay, so here's the thing. I mean, I could I could sub out like a like a more of an actor, less of a wrestler, if that makes everybody feel better. It's not as good a selection, but no, no. Yeah, I, I mean, you, right now you're gonna get the win, but it feels really unfair. Like it's like winning the Indy 500 on fuel strategy. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of it all is that Alex just hung up on film, <laughs> and if he was here, I would tell him he was fired. <laughs> we can still say that. No, he is fired. He's definitely hundred percent fired. Um, you can you lose my what? info on that bombshell. I'm just going to leave it at John Cena and just let this one die peacefully. Yes. Uh, Will, thank you so much for your time. What we're going to do is we're going to post on Twitter a poll on who they think wins this battle royale. Is mm-hmm. it Will Power with? <laughs> who are you actually going? Because we can't give you Mark Wahlberg. Oh, uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Going in... with Vince Vaughn, Adam Sandler for Alexander Rossi, John Cena for myself. Uh, I'm surprised no one with Channing Tatum. I'm just gonna go oh, kill Tim. Yeah. So Jimmy yeah, Titan's yeah. Actually small. He was smaller than I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of disappointing. Guys, I didn't, was it, were you really looking forward to, to the size of Channing? But I just remember. I think Tim, the wife, would have said, said she's small. <laughs> I bet you were like. I bet she yeah, was just telling you that to make you feel better. Anyway, we're gonna post this on our Twitter at Ask Off Track. Thank you to the Verizon IndyCar Series champion, the defending reigning, Indy 500 winner. An all-around good guy. Most of the time. Mr. Willpower. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. We will be back with more if you're unlucky. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around for the race recap. We are going to get to that right now. Uh, just a quick word of explanation. We did have to record this via Skype with uh, with all three of us in different locations. And unfortunately, the audio quality wasn't the best uh, due to our connection. So I do apologize for that. All right. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to recap the Iowa Corn 300. Uh, guys, what'd you think? James, what'd you think? I don't know. I, I blacked out and woke up eating pizza. So I, I mean, I guess it went okay. Was it good pizza? It was great pizza. But the problem, Alex, is when you get out of a car after like 300 laps around a place like that and your core temp's like 180 degrees, you only want to be ingesting cold things and like a piping hot bite of pizza. Though it tasted good, it didn't really feel good going down. How do you know your core temperature? Do you like stick a thermometer up your butt in the cruiser? I swallow a pill that transmits my core temperature to my dash. Seriously? So I can keep track of my core temp during the race. Really? No, but how cool would that be? We should make that good thing. No, those exist. No, I know, but we got to find a way to like hook it up to the Cosworth system. We can see it on our dash. And, like, and Hunter and Charlie can see their blood sugar. I'm sure we can see our core temperature. All right, we're gonna work on that because we're sitting on a gold mine, Trebek. So, like, how was the race? <laughs> oh yeah, that uh, was good. Alex, why don't you start? Well, James, um, I had less of a good day than you because I didn't get any pizza. We started fifth. Yep, fifth. And, you know, by about lap, lap two and a half, I knew that we were in trouble. So <laughs> that was about 40 seconds into the race. <clears throat> um, and so then, yeah, I just, I was pretty disappointed really from that point forward because we had had a really good car all through the test. We had had a good car on Saturday. We were never out of the top five. And then suddenly, every but everyone and their brother 
um, was driving past me. So, you know, I went four laps down pretty early, which was neat. And then we had a hydraulic failure in pit lane. Um, so I stalled. And then I had a throttle that was sticking. So that was also fun. And yeah, somehow we finished ninth. So at the end of the day, probably pretty good. Um, we beat Scott, which was good yeah. for points. We beat Ryan, which was good for points. So yeah, could have been a lot worse. How was your day, James? It's crazy to think that you had all that stuff go wrong and still finish ninth. It just shows how, how crazy that race was and how how like different the different strategies played out and how different car setups react. Like, the thing is, was when you're on such a short track like that, you know, even going four laps down at one point, that doesn't even put you out of the top 10 because it's just such a, it's such a, like an ebb and flow race. Well, no, I don't really think it's that. I just think that everyone had a much worse day than I did. I guess there was a lot of bad days going on out there. A lot of bad days, man. I mean, um, but it was, it was interesting because it was, it was weird for me to kind of be on the other end of like Phoenix. Cause in Phoenix, I could kind of just put the car anywhere and pass everyone. And it was relatively easy. And um, I was part of probably the, the like two or 3% of the cars that had that kind of thing going in Phoenix. Whereas here in Iowa, I was part of the other 98% who certainly didn't have that. And it was way less fun, like a lot less fun. Yeah. Bad car on a short oval is like one of the longest days of your life. Yeah. Because at but, least on the speedway, if you have a bad car, you've got nice long straightaways to kind of think about it and talk about it to yourself and like get over the last corner you just got through. In Iowa, the, the straightaways are like three seconds long. True. And it's also super annoying because you have no idea who you're racing. It was a crazy race because of the, because of the case. So we went, you know, Iowa's a very bumpy track. And we went there with like a thousand pounds less downforce with the new body kits. And so the cars were bouncing around and sliding around and moving around a lot more. The tire degradation was very high. And so... That opened up a ton of different strategies. So you had guys on three stops, you had guys on four stops, you had guys on five stop strategies, and the the difference between a set of stickers and a and a set of you know fifty lap old tires was you know almost three seconds, and three seconds around a 17, 18 second lap is at a massive percentage of lap time. So some of the race you had and some of the, the passes and it was just it was such a crazy race trying to keep track like you said of who you were actually racing what was going on, but it's got two lanes, unlike Phoenix, and so you could actually get around cars and you could have good races. And there was some side by side stuff, and there's like 950 on track passes, I think, which is just insane. And I mean, I think that you know, there's been a lot of conversation and discussion about the Arrow Kit and and how light the downforce was for Iowa and and everything. But at the end of the day, like you you said it, I mean, if there's two lanes, it's it's super raceable, and for sure it's difficult. But like you can make it be good. Um, so tell me about tell me about when you knew, because you started what, 15th, 14th? Started 11th. Sorry. Thank started 11th. And um, like, did you know right away, oh, you had the car? We knew we had a car. I mean, in the first stint, we drove from 11th to 2nd in the first, you know, six. Oh, I remember. I remember. But, <laughs> but the, the thing about it, man, was Joseph was just so, so dominant at that point. He was already 10 seconds down the road. And, you know, we've seen this we've seen this movie before, you know, and I think it was 16. Yeah, um, 16. He just just mopped the floor with the entire field. And um, I kind of thought at that point, we're like, all right, we got a car. We're racing for second. You know, it's going to be really hard to, to beat him. And uh, in the second and third stints of the race, we actually made slight adjustments to the car and we actually made it worse. So. We uh, we got caught back up to him during that, that first caution when Zach, you know, got up in the gray there. And uh, I, I just didn't know if we had enough. We could kind of hang with him. I don't know if we had enough to, to really race him. 
until that final stop, we made a little tweak on the car and the thing just came alive. And then we caught some traffic. I, I was just able to move through traffic a little bit better than he was, got the pass done, and then, you know, pulled out eight or nine seconds, whatever it was, before that caution came out, which was like the interesting end to the already very exciting race. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about it. I don't know what your particular opinion is on green-white checker racing. I totally get the fact that it's, it's a, set, a set distance. You know, if we look at a bigger race like the Indy 500, I definitely see the logic as to why it shouldn't be the Indy 500 and five. Yeah, the Indy right? 505, exactly. But at the same time, like I watched the night race Saturday night in Iowa from Daytona, the cup race. And I was on the edge of my seat, like just watching the race, knowing that it had to end kind of at speed and got going to take risks to, to kind of try and get the, the win was was pretty interesting. So like I can definitely, like I said, I can see it from both ways. Okay, but let me ask you this. Is part of that just because the nature of plate racing is such that even two laps can be very exciting? Like, if it was a green-white checker at a track where, you know, like, so for example, in IndyCar, we don't restart side-by-side. Side. You know, is it Daytona or Talladega? So sure. green-white checker is more interesting at a place like that than it would be for us at Iowa, where you start single file and two laps later, maybe three or four positions have changed. But like, is it really that much more of an exciting end? You are absolutely correct. For the first time on off track with Hinch and Ross, see, I'm going to give that to you 100%. So, yeah. I'm going to uh -huh. take the second win of the week. I'm going to go with that. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and watch the guys compete in Toronto this weekend. See you next week. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails at ask at offtrackpod.com and phone calls at 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show, so you better make it pretty good. We're also individually on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if you want to, though we have no idea why you would, you can follow producer Thim at at the Tim Durham. I want to give another big thanks to Will Power for stopping by Chateau de Autrebus on what is always busy race weekends for us in the Verizon IndyCar series. We appreciate the time, and I thought it was a very enlightening interview. It was, but he didn't, you know, I don't really believe his setup. Uh selections that he told us about seemed fishy he had very he had very darty eyes when he was talking super about stiff it. rear springs yeah 100 pounds seems a little much it seems aggressive yeah here mm -hmm. uh, but anyways guys if you want to judge him in his normal life for yourself or at the racetrack you can follow him on twitter at 12 willpower the music you heard on this episode was written by ryan dan of holland Patton public library and the show is produced by chris boniello and jeff umbrell of the podglomerate as well as them himself tim durham also, Peter Vincer, Matt Monreon, and Lucy Shen at CastBox. We'd also like to thank Breakmaster Cylinder for the jingles. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. The Podglomerate.
a Sonic Universe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.